0: Previously on the Simply Human podcast.
1: Okay, settle, us a, uh, settle the bet. Uh, how do you pronounce your last name?
2: Hogan. I said I got it. No, you didn't. I did too. I can replay the tape.
1: Oh, maybe you did. I, I, this, <laughs> is a, this
0: is a great discussion. I'm glad you picked up on that because it's, <laughs> uh, nobody gets the name right. I mean, I can even go right up to you and face to face and I'll say, Hogan. "Hi, my name's Lyle Hogan," and they'll look at you and go, "Oh, Mr. Hogan." It's
2: episode 201. Rick, it's the Podcast with your host, Mark, and I already said his name. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat sleep, human enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it's Dr. Kent Sasse, Sassy, S-A-S-S-E, Sasse. He's a lead surgeon at Sasse Surgical Associates in Reno, Nevada, director of the Obesity Prevention Foundation, a not-for-profit organization he founded in 06, dedicated to the prevention of obesity and excessive weight gain in children and adolescents. How are you doing,
1: I'm doing well. It sounds like someone killed your dog. <laughs> well,
2: it's, you know, it's that, episode. We had wow. this big hurrah for episode 200, and, this, and now it's like 201. It's like not a big deal.
1: Hey, Mark, why don't we just embark on like another 100? Like, this is the first step towards another 100 episodes. Yeah, I'm just not really into it. Why am i going to do this for 100. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's like uh, they talk about like if you get to 100, that's like incredible. Like, it's like the greatest birthday ever if you're like conscious
1: wait, 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 hang on hang on
2: who is they
1: is that what you're gonna say saying like if you can live to be a hundred that's like the pinnacle of like that, no
2: well it was in t- it I'm, was
1: like i am uh, i am i put a craigslist or i need to put a craigslist out uh, ad out for someone to enter into a murder suicide pack with my same birthday that when we both turn 80 80 yeah
2: chuck norris is 75 and he looks great
1: Ooh.
2: chuck norris
1: Oh, listen, Chuck Norris is crazy, and also his face is like three-quarters plastic, all right? Well, but like, uh, okay, okay, 85. Okay. Is that, okay. We should because do that. I
2: would do that with you.
1: that I had was at 85, I was going to go skydiving, but I was going to take like a ton of LSD before oh. I got up in the plane, okay. and then I would just take, uh, right before I jumped out, I would just unbuckle the harness and just jump right out of the plane. <laughs> but,
2: uh, what an experience that would be. It would be, hey, Honestly, though, I mean, I've never done that.
1: I don't know. I've not. I haven't either. But like, I want to see what all the fuss is about.
2: <laughs> and then if you don't really like it, you're like, yeah, I don't really like this. I'm probably not gonna.
1: You're 85. Who cares? Yeah. Live a long life. Blah 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 blah.
2: Well, so they there was in the radio program that we listened to. It was a top five, bottom five birthdays, and the top five was 100. And then a bottom five was 101 because after, like, you, you've been mentioned on Good Morning America, you're like, it's just like this very elite club of, in the whole world, the 100 year olds. And then you get to 101 and it's like nobody remembers. And like, so that's what 201 is for us, it's just like whatever.
1: Well, I want to talk more about my murder suicide pact. If anyone out there is listening has a birthday that's on leap year, 29th of 1980, same exact birthday as me, I want to meet up with you in the year. 2065. How did you do that so fast?
2: No. Yeah. Oh, that was uh, 80. Is, is, uh, yeah, 80 is that's easy.
1: 20. That's how it's easy. That's easy. Uh, so the year on February 29th of ni- 2065, I want to wait. Oh, wait. What? There's no February 29th of 2065 because it's only every four years. Oh,
2: no. So you, you have to be a multiple of four.
1: It would have to be 84. 88 or 84. 88. Okay, let's go. Uh, let's round down because that's fine. 84. Yeah, 84. Because I already had you round up five. Whoever else out there has the exact f- same birthday as me, same year, February 29th, of 2064. We got to find this let's person. Somewhere. Let's uh, <laughs> I'm not advocating drug use, but let's take a whole bunch of acid or some mushrooms or something. Or how about
2: you just point guns at each other and say, one, two, Wait. shoot.
1: Okay, okay. This is the next question. Is it one, two, three, then go, or is it like on actual three? This like is a very
2: lethal two, weapon. Ah. I feel like it's one, two, three, boom.
1: Okay, that's what I do. Yeah, that's that's my personal. Right, this you is need
2: three to is get
1: the, the count. In my personal duh, life before, duh, like duh. you think you're going to go on one, two, three, then go because that to me that makes more sense. But I mean, can you imagine <laughs> a failed murder suicide pack? Like it would just it, think it, you're it, going on one, two, three, go, and they think you're going on one, two, and then going on the actual three, like. Uh, if you were the person who pulled the trigger at the three and not the three,
2: then well, hang on. But that wouldn't be a murder suicide. It would just be a murder, a murder murder. Oh, that's true. So you're not a double murder. Yeah, just a double murder death. I have I, I have a pact with it's Jack. Like I
1: need to go back and and, and kind of reevaluate and we're all the plans. But I, yeah. <laughs> we're on to something, I think. So, uh, 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 Jack murder- and the group murder. thread. <laughs> 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 okay, if someone did have the miscommunication of one, two, bang,
2: then it would be a murder suicide. Yeah. Okay. So I have a, a pact with the man with no pancreas that yes. if either one of us, oh,
1: you have a lot of pacts
2: with him. I do. Uh, if either one of us is on our deathbed, what? If either one of us is in the room when the other one is about to die,
3: <laughs>
2: then we have okay. to say something super horrible to them, like, like right as they're right as they're about to pass a, pass on, to whisper into their ear, like something like. Tell Hitler I said hello.
1: <laughs> Why? Because
2: <laughs> it's like it's like the opposite of what people are doing and saying in that moment. It's like you know, and it's like I don't know. That's how Jack Jack's and my relationship is. It's very shock jockey.
1: Man, uh, I feel like if we ever created the behind the scenes simply human premium club it, it
2: would we, no it would leak out and we would all go to jail
1: oh yeah we would object- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. no, we would have no real friends anymore besides us because people would be like i cannot believe you made that joke uh, I, I was going to make an example of a joke just then but i feel like that's too i can't do that no you can't go.
2: even make the example i mean like yeah. and and what i whispered was like way rated g compared to the other things that we had talked about <laughs> I was yeah. gonna send for Easter. I was gonna send the family photo of the family photo that I've. Of family,
1: made. yeah, that's not family. my
2: family. The other family with the skeleton. Oh, stop it! I should send that. How was your Easter, by the way?
1: What do y'all not do for Easter? Is before, Easter uh, has Easter turned into Christmas for your family? Uh, not really. We don't go all in on Easter. There's a big long like I know a lot of. So growing up in the religious tradition that we did. Uh, the explanation to me was always, we don't celebrate Jesus's resurrection on Easter because we celebrate, we celebrate it every, every, every day. day, which yeah. is why you never allowed to miss Sunday church right. because if you miss communion, then you're going to go straight to hell. That's, so that's, uh, that's Easter's really never been a big deal like that for me. Um, re- like uh, we, when I was a kid, we did egg hunts, but like that was really it. And so uh my wife's uh mother my mother-in-law she came down this weekend and uh, she brought some Easter baskets for the kids and they had some candy and some you know it, it basically like cr- like Christmas stocking type stuff right but that like uh but they also she also brought their Christmas presents it's a really long story of why it's taken four months crises there was a death in the family there was a bunch of stuff and uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so like it was kind of like christmas in that they got their christmas presents and also their easter baskets but like uh uh generally we don't do we don't do a lot for easter we're not a big well and
2: i guess we we were the same way and but jen's parents and jen's mom particularly and and love love her to death for this but she really goes all out and where it's like where easter morning is like christmas morning And I'm like,
1: I'm good for one of those. Yeah. Like you can't.
2: You have to be. All the adults have to be in the room, and the kids come in, and they
1: have to wait before they come in because of all their Easter stuff. So. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't do that. I did yesterday. I, uh, I smoked a a turkey, and I didn't smoke it the way you smoked a turkey this weekend. I smoked one right in his right in his head, and then you sent us pictures of like his face peeled back off his turkey skull. (sighs) <sighs> I, that was
2: n- unintentional, Rick.
1: Oh, okay. But then I uh, smoked a turkey in my actual food smoker. I also smoked a brisket point, but that's pretty much... That really was cool. a cow, and that cow did nothing to you. I didn't kill him. That was not a cow. That was a piece of meat I bought at a grocery store. No <laughs> <It> was no <laughs> face on it. It did not look at me going, please. <laughs> please. Although that's a, clearly a goat noise. Okay. <laughs> Why, you smoked a goat brisket?
2: (laughs) So, if I may, since you brought up turkeys, (laughs) I shot a turkey on Good Friday, and he did not rise again.
1: That's awfully sacrilegious.
2: (laughs) He did not. Okay, so, I had to sing at a funeral on Friday morning.
1: I... I'm sorry. Pause. Why is this the first I'm hearing about this?
2: I butchered that turkey that I shot on Friday morning in the church parking lot before the funeral. Uh, Please (laughs) expound. So it was good Friday. We were going to leave town on Thursday night. Well, I have this funeral. It's a, a family that guy was a very kind of a mentor of mine and, and all this thing. And so, but he's been sick for a long time. And so he kind of unexpectedly half unexpectedly, expectedly passed on, on like Tuesday. So the funeral's Friday. So like, well, Jen, you and the kids go on and I'll just wait. And I'll sing at the thing on Friday. And then I'll leave from the church and meet y'all in our place, like two hours South here. So I was like, well,
1: Jen and the kids are. I want the casual mention of our place. Our place. Uh, place.
2: Jen's place. Um, Jen's parents' place. So I thought, well, hey, it's Friday. It's Good Friday. I have off. The kids are gone. Jen's gone. I'll just go out and hunt. I've had some kind of some bad luck. This, like, some things fall right out of my, my grasp this season. And so I was like, I'll go hunt. And so I had to. I had to leave like the ranch that I was at at 9.30. Well, I shot the turkey at like 9.10. And what you talked about, one way that you put it out of its misery, because they flap around. and you can, Yeah, like, I know.
1: Do you know why I know that?
2: Because I sent you a video. Yes. You psychopath. So, so you can help the turkey along by smashing his head. And I did it with a rock, and his eye popped out.
1: Is that why it looked like a <laughs> pound of raw hamburger meat with a googly eye <laughs> stuck to it? Yes. i was going to ask, why does it look like that? Was like, I don't man, understand. why am I using a
2: shotgun? I just need to be out here throwing
1: rocks at these birds. <laughs> like the, the Ramsey Bolton label
2: incredible damage. So anyway, I so it but like by the time I got the turkey into my truck and got my truck and all this stuff, I got to the church it was like 9. Put him in
1: the front seat and buckle the seatbelt.
2: <laughs> it was like 9:30. No, it was like 9:45 and I had to be like dressed, ready to go at 10:30. So I run into the church kitchen. Imagine this, I'm in my full camo, dirty. They're getting ready for like the post-funeral luncheon. And here comes Mark. Bursting in the back door like I just shot a turkey. So I get all this ice and I run out and I butcher the thing like I breast it and I cut the beard off and the fan and I cut the legs off. I ate it all. I ate all of it. It, was, it really isn't really good, Rick. You would I promise you you wouldn't believe how good this is. This meat is. I,
1: I can't do the killing. I can do the cooking. Yeah,
2: now. yeah. You like I just I salted and peppered the breasts and tenderloins and grilled them. And Jen, the kids, like our neighbors, everybody was like, "Golly, that is!" And I knew anything to it. It's just really good. And so
1: I got to try it next time.
2: Yeah, I know. I I can't imagine if you actually like put some effort in how much better it would be. You know, I'm de- I'm going to kill another one. Uh the season's like I like, got two more weeks. So anyway, so I run into our our church has a like a bathroom with a shower and I'm like I have on my suit and everything and I and I get all dressed and I run into like the auditorium. I'm supposed to be there at 10:30 at 10:28. <laughs> it was pretty
1: epic. You run in and everyone's crying and you just run into the back like <laughs> Hey everybody! I was, I was. Uh, this turkey attacked me, and I had no self Well, it Was like
2: I was so amped up, you know. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I had this funeral.
1: No, we didn't sing
2: that. We sang songs that you know.
1: On knee.
2: No, we sang "How Great Thou Art." You know that one.
1: I was okay. That was actually going to be the very first one <laughs> when I made the joke. Instead of Amazing Grace, but
2: I was like, oh, no
1: one's going to get that,
2: but yeah. And then Sing to Me of Heaven. And my soul, No. My... That's how great thou art. I know. That's sing, what I was singing. Sing to Me of Heaven. Um, I know that... The sing sing t- to me t- of heaven. Sing that old sweet song. that uh, mm, ha, ha, like, ha, ha, ha <laughs> Okay. And then the other one that you would know was... Uh, no tears, a- no tears in heaven. No tears in heaven there. No tears, no tears up there. Sorrow and pain will all have. And as Phil would say,
1: Okay, listen. I'm going to say this in front of our audience of Four. seven. When I die, which is invariably going to be something really weird like a piano falling out of an airplane and crushing me, Okay, uh, you are in charge of the this- music. Okay. However,
2: I have to sing Unbended Knee. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I and hope someone out there is getting that joke, but they're not. Uh, let's <laughs> take a in <open> a cult. <laughs> but like uh, you're in charge of the music, but like I don't want any church music. I want okay. like some like Coldplay. I want some like kick, like rock and roll music. I want some Grateful Dead. Okay. But it's got to be something tasteful and appropriate. Like, right. You're, you're in charge of that.
2: Night, like he, uh, you shook me all night long. Probably not. <laughs> so here's okay. If I'm doing that for you, you have to do this for me. Nope. This is the oh, trade. No, no. Okay. At some point, I want I mean, an open casket. I ca- have to beat him to death with my bare hands. Even <laughs> Even if I've been squished, I want an open casket. <laughs> okay, like no matter what, open casket. Even if I was like burned alive, whatever the however gross it is or if I'm just peaceful, but at some point and no one can know when, I want you to have uh, the coffin spring loaded
1: <laughs>
2: and I want my corpse to just like sit up during the funeral.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like my
2: little tie like like fall falling off. <laughs> and I want you to have the eye, my eye hanging out of my head like the turkey.
1: Hey, listen, uh, guys of the funeral home. I've got some special arrangements to make. Uh, make him look like a zombie, <laughs> but I need this eye, uh, left, left eye. No, the right eye. I need the right eye just dangling down, it's like a meat cleaver. They just started <laughs> smashing my in, skull. Can you add like a a bang sound. Is that possible? Can we? Can we? Can we this? Oh man,
2: that would be awesome.
1: Really quickly today
2: okay, and we're going for 16 minutes let's okay let's uh pause and we will call dr kent who if well, he's quick, listening to this
1: chance where i disconnect from this my computer blows up so we may have to do the rest on my phone but we'll see
2: and it is dr sassy rick we were sassy, right, right.
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> well, so
2: well, we had a a, a, doc, a guy last week was h-a-u-g-e-n and we nailed that one haugen and so we've had some names that are, it's not just like, you know, Smith, you know, Ray. so <laughs> sassy. So where are you right now? Where do you live? <laughs> and, oh, and, and we don't, uh, if you want to turn your uh, video off, we we okay. don't do video. I don't know if that, you know, it sure. just I sometimes. I pants a, on and it just <laughs> makes <laughs> for everybody. You know? Yeah. Rick's <laughs> right. always hanging upside down on his like bat sleep device. Yeah,
1: that's, that's what we good. call it. It's definitely not a. <laughs> shut
2: up uh, okay so you're in nevada okay very cool um yeah. so are, you, you guys? We are I, i'm in uh like west texas so like right in the basically right in the middle of texas I'm,
1: and i'm in the dallas fort worth area of Texas. okay okay gotcha
2: cool okay so we already kind of did a intro uh for you so i just and, wanted to right. welcome and, you and, to the show this and, is our 200 and, oh do what
1: that a intro which is not grammatically correct we did an intro
2: Oh, that's what that's what you uh, t- like, slammed on the brakes to, to do. Thanks. Yep,
1: absolutely, that's exactly know? what I did. I am a grammar.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can't say that either. Um, so, <laughs> so <laughs> you are an MD. I am reading all these letters: MPH. That's Master's of Public Health, right? That's right. Yep. And then mm-hmm. FACS, FACRS, and so um, welcome to the show, and tell us like how did you get to be tell us your story like how did you like what
3: where did you grow up like start from the time you were born oh goodness well (laughs) uh, (laughs) I uh, uh, was born in Memphis and uh, and then spent a few years in uh, Birmingham my dad was a chemist he was a biochemist and uh, he was going through grad school and uh, my mom was an English major so she'd appreciate your grammar corrections. there (laughs)
1: you're welcome (laughs)
3: <laughs> and then uh, he took a job up at the Medical College of Wisconsin doing clinical biochemistry, which meant that they moved north and they had no idea where they were going. Uh, but we wound up in Brookfield, Wisconsin, and that's where I went to school all the, way, uh, all the way through school and was kind of a science kid and a tennis player and then went out to California for college and more biochemistry. And Where did you go to college? Uh, San Diego, U- University of California, San Diego. It's in La Jolla. And guess just... where I'm
2: going on Wednesday? Oh, are you going to La Jolla? San Diego, baby. <laughs> San Diego.
3: <laughs> yeah. so anyway, well, that sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so anyway, sorry, I interrupted you.
3: Oh no, that's that's quite all right. And uh, and then uh, did a little bit of research work at UCLA, and then uh, medical school in San Francisco at um, University of California, San Francisco. There and public health degree along the way across the bay in Berkeley, and then uh, decided I wanted to go into general surgery. And, um, you know, I just – general surgery is – some people, some of us anyway, we're we're viewed in some corners as kind of – there is a little bit of that general doctor aspect of general surgery.
1: Was it Schwarzkopf or was it uh, Colin Powell? Um, Mattis? Not
2: that kind of general –
3: <laughs> right, that's the
2: uh, that surgeon took, general, the general
1: <laughs>
2: That took me a second, Rick, but I, I got it. Yeah, good. But I, I was, thought that
1: was going to fall completely flat. <laughs> I, I, was gonna-
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking there was going to be a a trauma surgical war experience in there somewhere, but yeah. uh I did a little time in the Air Force Reserves, uh basically spelling the guys who'd go over sees, uh, general surgeons. And, and, uh, anyway, I got real interested, you know, somewhere along the way, um, uh, one of my bosses was, uh, describing surgery that they did for weight loss. And I thought that was the kookiest thing I'd ever heard of. And, and then when I went out to Boston, that was kind of the final stretch of my training. They were starting up this program there at the Leahy clinic, which is just outside Boston. And I got to know the surgeon uh, real well who was starting it, and he was talking about this field called bariatric surgery. Right. And I still thought that sounded awfully weird, but he gradually um, kind of walked me through the the history of it. And he said, "No, no, you don't understand. It's not about cosmetics. It's not about really losing weight. Even it's kind of a side effect. It's really about all the health problems that." go away when when you do this surgery and people lose a bunch of weight and oh by the way a lot of them reverse their diabetes altogether and I thought well that sounds nutty or impossible but um after working on me for a while I sort of gradually drank the kool-aid and then when I uh wound up in Reno and started a practice and uh working in a lab and so forth, I spent uh, uh, just a huge amount of my efforts kind of focused on that field, that metabolism and diabetes and what we now call metabolic surgery, which is focused on, on, on weight, but really especially on that diabetes and metabolic regulation. And that's what I've been doing for 20 years.
2: Wow. So I was going to say, all these letters behind your name put you at, uh, my calculations are correct, you are 104 years old. Is that right? <laughs> yeah,
3: 16?
2: 114, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, 10 years off. Yeah. Oh, hey, and Rick, we forgot to do something. So very quickly, yeah. we're going to get yes. right back on track, but for, we didn't guess his birthday.
1: We do a thing, uh, Dr. Kent, Sassy, where we uh, guess your birthday, we each get one guess now. Uh, that's my penance because I cheated for several months, told uh, the people, and then kept winning. Uh, so you can't tell us we're close. You could just say yes or no. Okay.
2: You go first, Rick.
1: Me? Okay. <clears throat> October ninth. No.
2: Okay, I detected a slight pause. Yeah, so did like, I, so did I. like he was maybe gonna be like, You're close. So I'm gonna go October thirteenth.
3: No. Oh, what is it? <laughs> I thought this was gonna be the year. Oh <laughs> <laughs> September fifth. <laughs> we were
2: sorta of close. Yeah. Yeah, you're both yeah. very close. September fifth. Yeah. We got the well Mark will send
1: your birthday card. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my how gosh! Often,
2: how often do you get that right? Rick got it once, legitimately. Okay, okay, no,
1: hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's—I'm the only person who has actually nailed it on the head, and it was legitimate. And one other time, I was like one or two days off. But then is a bit like last November, a, a listener uh, contacted me, and and we we kind of formulated this plan that. We were gonna cheat about it and and make Mark really really mad, but like we did it for like a month straight, and I just kept nailing it, and he never <laughs> he never picked <beat laughs> up on it. <laughs> there's this. So the yeah. answer is one time, but it was <laughs> like I won the lottery. It was I was jumping like around <laughs> the house like I had just you know won the Stanley Cup. Uh, Mark, don't mock hockey there, but uh, it was uh, it was. So I'm the only one. That's the answer. Well,
3: <laughs> whatever. Very good.
2: Okay, so um, it's kind of interesting. So last week I, I mentioned uh, Lyle Haugen. He is a was a is a is a type one diabetic. Ah, so we okay. talked all about type one diabetes, and it's kind of this weird story. He like he didn't have type one diabetes, and then he was in this like explosion, and then he had type one diabetes. Like <laughs> like he got bit <laughs> it by a spider scary. and became Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Blasted with gamma rays, and he's the Incredible Hulk. Right, type
2: of right. <laughs> It's like, man, I wanted to be the Hulk, and I got diabetes. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> the most
1: boring Hulk of all time. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so the type two diabetes, we kind of mentioned the difference between the two, and then basically the type one is that your pancreas isn't secreting insulin at all, and the type two. This you're 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 secreting insulin, but you're just having to secrete more and more and more and more and more and more because your your cells are resistant to it. And then there's just all sorts of things that happen when insulin's in your bloodstream and high or glucose is in your bloodstream and high uh, uh, you know, amounts. And there's inflammation and there's like circulation issues. So can you just kind of give us the very like cliff notes? What is type two diabetes?
3: Yeah, no, that was good. No, you you got it. Um, yes. What they have in common is that the blood sugars are high. Right. You know, and so and so then that leads to, well, we're doctors and we like to treat these numbers. And so we throw these kind of the same medicines more or less uh, at them to lower the blood sugar. And that's kind of been our strategy forever. But really, as you said, type 2 diabetes is its own thing. It's a different, it's really a different disease. And um, what happens is all the cells uh, around the body, they basically stop hearing the insulin you know, talking and they, they, they become resistant to it, you know, kind and of like the insulin
2: teenager. is trying to push the glucose into those cells yes, and the cells are going, right. no, no, no.
3: But hold on, what were you going to say about the teenager? That's right. <laughs> so your insulin, uh, is having to, there's having to be more of it. And, um, it's kind of like, uh, the insulin has to shout louder in order to, to try to reach those cells. So you end up with uh, very high insulin levels, but yet, um, very little of that is really getting into the cells and causing the utilization of that of that glucose. And so you end up with a whole bunch of uh, glucose, high blood sugar circulating. And then as you said, that's just kind of the beginning because what, what happens is um, that process leads to a bunch of glucose molecules all over the body glomming on to all these important proteins that it shouldn't be stuck onto. They're kind of like uh, barnacles, you know, on a on a ship or something and they start to cause all kinds of damage mostly to the very smallest most vulnerable arteries and nerves in the body and so it kind of silently leads to all sorts of trouble over time uh but that's really what's going on in type 2 diabetes and it's very weight related too you know as we gain weight our cells just become much more insulin resistant so um so a big part of it is body weight a Big part of it is just kind of genetics. Some of it's just plain old aging and bad luck. But well, uh, but a lot of it's weight.
2: Well, and they say like you know blood sugar, like fasting glucose levels below a hundred is like normal, and then above a hundred yeah. is uh, you know pre-diabetes. What? Like, but but also like everyone's a little bit different. So I mean, is the you know like the whole thing is like eat two thousand calories a day? Well, good grief! There's so many different body types and activity levels, and that that recommendation is kind of like man, I mean, there's just so, so many variables. Is that kind of how the, the fasted blood sugar is? Whereas like you could maybe be at one Oh five, but be fine because just because that's just the, or is it pretty standard? Like that's, that's the deal.
3: Um, It's more standard than the, than what you were saying about how we're all a little bit different. Uh, Even though we're all pretty different, we're all pretty good at controlling the blood sugar number if we've been fasting So that's pretty reliable. Um, Even more reliable is measuring one of those proteins I was describing that gets blood sugar glommed onto it over time, and that's we like to measure the hemoglobin, so that's just an important protein that has to do with our blood cells. And when we have too much circulating blood sugar over the course of many weeks or a few months, then we can measure how much of that protein has extra blood sugar molecules uh, attached to it, how many barnacles are extra, and so if that's over six point three percent And that's the A
2: one C, right?
3: That's the A one C, yeah, then that's uh, that's type two diabetes or that is diabetes. Yeah. So you know. And you know, that doesn't vary too much. I mean, I think that's pretty reliable, yeah. even though people are different. I think that's that's Well,
2: and it's kinda of like your your body temperature. It's like, well, everybody's different. No, no, no. If your body temperature gets up to, you know, one oh four or five or six, like you're dead. Or if it you know, if it goes below, it's not like, well, he just runs at one oh seven. That's just his normal. You know, like
1: 110, <laughs> baby, you don't know me. Right. You don't know who I am. Right.
3: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There are some yeah.
2: things that are just kinda yeah, like pretty standard yeah, for everybody. Um, What are the uh, one of the talking points that that I've got here is like the three deadly myths of diabetes. Mm -hmm. What are those?
3: Well, uh, so for the vast majority of people that I see, so you know, keep in mind that people are coming to see me for a solution, and almost every no one goes to a surgeon first to treat their diabetes. You know, that's this is kind of a new. Concept. So by the time they've come to me, they've generally seen a lot of doctors and they've generally been battling this disease for a long time. So keep keep that in mind. But what I hear all too often, very sadly, is this notion that it's kind of your fault. You know, a lot of people come in and they've they've sort of been either told or it's been implied by their doctors, sometimes even friends and family, but all too often their doctors, like, hey, you know, this is your fault. You need to lose weight and check your blood sugar more regularly and be Be more vigilant about controlling that blood sugar number and everything would be fine. But that's really not true. So that's really a myth. And the reason it's such a myth is because um, we now have a lot of recent studies that show even if you're doing a great job and you're controlling your blood sugar wonderfully well and you're going to all your visits and being a perfect citizen, that is not stopping the progression of the diabetes. It's still silently damaging all those tiny little vulnerable arteries. And you're still heading towards kidney failure and retina problems and potentially blindness and losing a toe and all the bad things of diabetes. So that's really the first myth. And I I like to tell as many people that as possible, if they are thinking that they're doing something wrong, this is a difficult disease and they should be told this ain't your fault have, this you, is something have, that
2: needs help. have you heard of uh, uh, something called the optimum foraging strategy uh, uh rob wolf who's been on the show is uh, is kind of uh, first person i heard talk about this and it's like it's, it's kind of like what you're talking about it's like okay the obesity epidemic is like it's because we have all these these lazy people with no willpower that just don't have uh, discipline and it's like no our brains are designed like how you survive in the wild is by getting as much energy as you can while expending like, as little energy. Right. That's like how you survive. That's, you know, in the, mm-hmm. in the wild. Yeah. And, but now like our environment has, is so like short circuited our our that the food system, our food reward system that like, if your brain does that now you get as much energy as you can. Well, you don't have to like really work for that energy. You just go, you know, drive through somewhere and then your brain is telling you to sit. So it's like, the obesity epidemic is just this kind of epidemic of people that are doing kind of what their brains are telling them to do. So it's not necessarily their fault.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's absolutely true. And you know, yeah, you, you never hate to I mean, you you hate to say, okay, we don't deserve we have no responsibility in what we do. Of course we do, but I mean, gosh, in 20 years, you see a thousand different ways that people gain a hundred pounds. I know it just sounds crazy if you haven't battled it yourself, but man, there are a lot of easy ways to gain a hundred pounds and, um, and it's, and there's really no easy path back from that. There is no, there's just no easy path back from it. So I definitely agree that, um, you know, this is a very big change in the environment around us. It's probably happened over the last 40 years ish. So it's very recent, and it correlates very closely with some major changes in the um, cultivars that we now consume in the food supplies, like uh, wheat especially, but uh, soy and rice and all sorts of staples, and no one's ever really been able to do any kind of genetic analysis. You know, they have, we've changed the genomes of rice and wheat, but we don't really know what the effects of that are. Right. on us. So anyway, I think the, I think the rug's been pulled out from under us. I think most people who gained hundred pounds, it's really only a tiny bit their fault. It's almost exclusively a change in the environment. Right. And certainly that's true for, for diabetes.
2: Okay. So that was the, was that just the one myth have we done? What are the other two? Yeah,
3: <laughs> That was the long-winded uh, yeah. <laughs> myth number one. <laughs> that one probably gets me the most fired up. So myth number two is uh, sort of the next piece of that which your doctor often says which is that it's a myth that there is some program or some published peer-reviewed study that shows how to reverse your diabetes and lose all that weight um People, nearly everybody has an opinion about this, and when I, you know, speak to medical audiences, virtually everyone kind of wants to challenge me about, well, you know, there's this diet plan and that, and I've had success with this and that, but then I show them the published peer-reviewed data about weight loss plans and plans that attempt to reverse type 2 diabetes without surgery, And actually, what's been proven true is that they are a dismal failure. There is not a peer-reviewed, you know, long-term study from the Mayo Clinic or Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig or anywhere that would be successful that I could hand to a patient. Um, Quite the contrary. They've all been um, shown not to be successful for a variety of reasons, but the bottom line is It doesn't work, and so it's like us prescribing leeches because we believe in it. Um, Yeah, diet and exercise ought to work. Sure, it ought to, but unfortunately, it's proven not to work. So um, that's myth number two is that there really is not a proven solution. Right. Um, (laughs) And then the third one? The third myth is that this crazy thing of of this kooky thing that I thought was so strange of metabolic surgery – the myth is that it sounds like some kind of scary, risky thing, but, but the truth is it's the, uh, the technology evolves so quickly that it happens faster than we can kind of process. And so now it's about the safest surgery going on in the hospital. It's a 45 minute procedure with four band-aids. It's way safer than not doing it just as a context. And it's safer than almost all the other surgery I do. Uh, And so that's, sort of a a myth and a lot of doctors are still thinking of what it was like 20 years ago. And it sounded kooky and scary and risky. And that's just all in the past. Right.
2: Well, you mentioned uh, a a few minutes ago about it's really hard to come back from. And so are are you seeing like, I obviously, you know, the prevalence of type two diabetes in kids is increasing like crazy. Mm -hmm. So like, what are you seeing that? Cause what I'm seeing is like, if you're, if you're like pre-diabetic or battling obesity, like in elementary school, like that, this is that's a lifelong issue that you're now having. Like, you know, and so what are like what are you seeing from like in the kid population and all this?
3: Yeah, it is. It's discouraging. I mean, um, we we do like to uh, cling to a little bit of hope that change is a little bit more possible in young people, because You know, they still have all the advantages of youth, a better running metabolism, less injuries and other constraints that keep them from exercising, and the possibility of maybe, you know, changing all kinds of things radically. But it really does take a pretty radical change. If you're already, you know, very obese as a teenager, you've probably inherited some pretty lousy genes with respect to metabolism. And you may be ingrained in some habits that aren't good, and it's very hard to turn any of that around. And then, if you add to that the data that at least in adults, almost nobody turns it around for any kind of long term period of uh, you know time beyond a year or so, um, the odds are really stacked against uh, young people. So, I, I think it's very discouraging. You know, the American Academy of Pediatrics came out some years ago and endorsed um, bariatric surgery for teens, which really the, a lot of the media thought was just crazy idea. But really, they showed data that said. Listen, you know, to not offer the only really proven path to long-term weight loss for these youngsters is really depriving them of the opportunities that they would have to meet partners and go right. to schools and get good jobs. And, well, it's like until
2: you find a time machine, you know,
3: like yeah. we can't go back in time
2: and figure right. fix all, the, all the, the actions that led to that, you know, and, and yeah, so I, I see where you're saying.
3: Yeah, that's a, it's a challenging issue, but, but we see teens, um, fairly regularly and, and we'll offer them, uh, especially now that the procedures have become so much less invasive and there's kind of less downside, uh, potential, um, you know, we're much more comfortable offering, uh, metabolic surgery for teens and, you know, we make sure that they and their parents participate and see a psychologist and jump through some real hoops to make sure they're committed. But, uh, but I think it's generally
1: super helpful for them. So yeah. generally speaking, like, uh, I would imagine like, what are your, I don't know how to phrase this, right? Like your parameters for bariatric surgery. I mean, it's not going to be somebody who's like, yeah, I need to lose 10 or 15 pounds for my before- six
2: pack or something. Yeah. Like I'm going to the, I'm going to the beach this like, summer. I need a bariatric surgery. Yeah.
1: At, like at what point do people, is is qualify. that something that they need to be looking at as their option? Well, um, The, uh, so
3: going way back, uh, there were a bunch of kind of, uh, bodies of experts who met to try to, um, parse through that difficult question. And we often kind of point back to a, a, what they called a consensus conference of experts that convened all the way back in 1991, which is way long time ago. And that was back when the surgery was a big open three hour operation with all kinds of risks and stuff like that. And, uh, they basically laid out a framework that was based on the body mass index or BMI, and so anybody with a BMI over 35 is considered a candidate for weight loss surgery based on their consensus conference, and a normal BMI is 18 to 25. So to get up to a BMI, um, it, it once you hit a BMI of 35, you know you have a significantly shorter life expectancy. Uh, all kinds of health problems start to accrue over time uh, with age. So, so it made sense to kind of start talking about it there. The real thing that we encounter is that it sounds so uh, I don't know what strange or whatever to most people, both medical audiences and just regular folks that the problem really isn't one of overutilization for cosmetic reasons. It's really massive underutilization for health reasons because people just don't think it's an option or don't think it's a good idea. So really only like 1% of people who would benefit
1: medically from it even avail themselves of
2: Uh. it. Yeah, that's interesting. Let me
1: ask you this. So people with that BMI under that 35 or what have you, um, that's, you know, bariatric surgery obviously isn't a thing for them. Like what, what's the solution for them? I, mean, I think we've established kind of that, you know, it's it, the, the answer isn't entirely uh, just, you know, be careful what you eat and, you know, exercise more. Like there's, it's a more, it's a far more nuanced answer. Like what, what, what do you have yeah. to say? Yeah, I know it's really
3: challenging. We have not uh, been able to offer a good solution. I mean, I think it's, terribly clear that medicine has really failed to offer a good solution. So today, uh, you know, we have these FDA approved medications. There's four FDA approved medications that have been shown to uh, result in some very modest weight loss. You know, often it's four, five, six, eight, nine, 10, 12, 15 pounds for people in that ballpark. Uh, but the, the FDA did require that people take the medications for two full years. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, longer term than most of what's published out there. Um, and then we all continue to talk about diet and exercise. We're, you know, we're never going to get off that. My personal bias is that the few people you do run across who are able to lose a significant amount of weight and keep it off for a long term. Um, and I've been in this for, you know, twenty plus years, and I can count those people on one hand. Um, they really get religion about exercise, uh, so they become people who are uh, very
1: devoted um, to exercise, which takes a five time a week, like uh, marathon type people or, or what?
3: Yeah. Even that might not be enough. I I mean, seven days a week, I think is sort of the the goal and it can be, you know, the sort of minimum is some kind of brisk walk for an hour, but that might be the off day for that person. Otherwise they're um, really, doing quite a bit of exercise that's required changing their life around and their work and family commitments to, to really yeah. focus on it. I I kind of I believe- that,
1: like I'm not, like, I don't know specifically what my BMI is. I don't know. It's not, it's definitely not like 35, but it's also, you know, I could, I'm one of those guys, you know, could stand to lose a few, like probably 15, 20, uh, you know, pounds, what have you not. And, and I'm looking at like my, my entire lifespan. Like, I don't want to, work my rear end off and get my pension at 65 to retire, to die at 66. Like I want to prolong my life at least till the age of, (laughs) of 84.
2: (laughs) 84, which we talked about. Well, and Rick, I think this is what you're getting at. So, so after the surgery, like what are the things that you, that you really encourage your patients to do? Because I think if you, like whatever that is, that's the things that you can do before to maybe do like prevent some of this.
3: Yeah. 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 Fight, fight. Right. Yeah. We talk about it as a long-term fight and it does. Uh, so we try to uh, have everybody commit to seven days a week of exercise. And we always tell people if, if you're not exercising to a degree that you and your partner and family think is unreasonable, then you're probably not doing enough. <laughs> <laughs> Cause the, uh, the enemy is so formidable. Um, I mean, such a high fraction of us are already overweight or obese, and it's only growing. And that right. you know, predictions are that 100 percent of us are going to be obese here at some point in the future. <laughs> so it's it's crazy difficult. So it Jesus takes a lot of. Post and it'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, They were all normal. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, we kind of look around and. And we see that. I mean, there is sort of a permissiveness in society about it, of course, because we're all more comfortable with everybody being heavier, and yeah. the seats are more accommodating, and clothiers are, you know, more accommodating, and people on TV look more like us, and we're all heavier, and yeah. it's okay. Except that Mother Nature doesn't think so, and and we shave years off our lives, and ugh, so right. it's it's still troublesome. It's a, it's such a troublesome. It's problem. very
2: complicated. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I want you to promote yourself in a second. We're coming up on time, but before we do, I'm going to ask you something. And Rick, I haven't asked this question in a few weeks. Um yeah. used to ask every single guest and we yeah. just
1: sometimes get sidetracked. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. this,
2: what is one thing that you enjoy about life or something you do that makes life more enjoyable? And it doesn't no, have, it doesn't have, have anything. to
1: anything related to anything you've talked about. This is literally just like, uh, like for me personally, like I, I play hockey. I still play ice hockey and I'm almost 40, but like uh, shut up, Mark. Hockey. God <laughs> what the, what the crap on my dreams, man. <laughs> Literally anything that you that you uh you you use to enrich your life.
3: Well, I mean, gosh, numbers one, two, three to ten is definitely helping people beat this problem. I mean, it's unbelievably gratifying. People uh I don't know if you probably interviewed some doctors who are pretty unhappy with their job choice. Mm-hmm. I have, I have a lot of colleagues who grumble about, you know, the hospital
1: administrators and the insurance. Actually, interviewed the doctor from the original <laughs> Michael Keaton, Batman like, uh, plastic surgery, like in the basement. And uh, yeah, he was. Pretty unsatisfied. Yeah. <laughs> so, so
3: I, I happen to have, just kind of stumbled into this field where the um, the sort of transformational element of it for a really high fraction of people that I uh, help is 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 pretty stunning and so um, you, you know a lot of a lot of us in medicine kind of make these small incremental changes and you know hey i'm um, you know I got a better blood pressure medicine I, I want you to do this and you know improve a side effect or some kind of minorish thing and you know, or even we fix a broken bone and that's gratifying. But but people who've been battling obesity and type two diabetes and who come back years later and you see regularly who are they may not be normal weight, but they're at a far healthier weight and they're still not taking their insulin and they're non-diabetic, yeah. the kind of that is It's a big deal. Gr- yeah. Yeah. It kinda yeah. overwhelms the I feel very lucky to go to work and uh, so anyway, that's definitely yeah. it by, by a mile.
1: So do you, do you play golf or anything or? <laughs>
3: well, <laughs> well, I took up running once I realized, uh, what sort of battle, uh, we're all oh. in. So, <laughs> so I just got back from the Boston marathon. And oh, cool. Did, do, did you uh, run it or just were you a <laughs> spectator
2: and it kind of ran along the side?
1: <laughs> I was hanging out at Wesley college with a sign, kiss me. I'm from <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I felt like a spectator at times. Yeah. I wasn't
1: running very fast. Yeah. But, yeah, but- uh, and listen, uh, I've okay. done one uh, marathon, and I am very shamed in the fact that I didn't meet <laughs> Oprah in my time.
2: So, <laughs> I don't think I knew that. Fast. Like, oh I gosh. was running slower than Oprah. <laughs> so <laughs> how did you? Why did you even know that? Like, how did you? Did you look up like how fast is like at least I beat Oprah. Like maybe yeah, on
1: the, the radio, like uh, one of the guys in the radio station oh, was that was God. his goal is to beat Oprah, and her time was like sometime in the four hourish range. And Which, I, I screwed up my heart rate, and yeah. I, I had way too much left to go after twenty miles, and uh. I couldn't. It, yeah, that's all right,
3: pretty great though. So that's uh, that's an accomplishment. I mean. Yeah. yeah. The first one I was, I ran was five and a half hours and I couldn't believe how awful it was. I said, I'd never do that again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I, so someone told me after mine that like, all right, man, so you've got your first marathon. Now you're, now you're, now you're addicted. The kind who are addicted and the kind who say, hell no, I will never <laughs> do that ever again. And I, like, my marathon was in uh, April of 2014. And since then, it's been not-
2: five years. That's crazy.
1: I have run approximately five miles. But you dead play dead.
2: hockey and you lift weights and you're I very do other th- Yes, yeah. I do other things yeah. for, for
1: physical activity, yeah. but that I don't run. Like, I just, after the 26th mile, I was like, all right, I've had enough of <laughs> you this. You just take
2: off, your, take off your running shoes, and like, go over to the bridge, and just throw them into the river. <laughs>
1: okay. uh, my wi- uh, funny story in the marathon, like, my wife uh, brought the kids there uh you know three hours after the start so they could literally one time they found me on the course like hey daddy i was like hey someone kill me put a (laughs) bullet like uh on the way there they stopped and got donuts so i get in the car afterwards and there's like i'm just scarfing down donuts like like, oh in my mouth like stuffing them in there poking them into my mouth hole like down my esophagus with my finger like (laughs) lay
2: off me lay off me i'm starving (laughs) (laughs) awesome okay well dr sassy very quickly promote yourself i know i'm going to link to the obesity prevention foundation what are other places that people can find you
3: oh um let's see there's a a website that is uh, called um diabetesreversalfacts.com cool. dot Diabetes uh, com. got it and uh, and then sassysurgical.com is another place where you know I've had a blog for years cool. and there's a bunch of info there. Awesome well
2: we will direct cool. uh, listeners to those sites and uh, really appreciate you having having you on uh, this has been really awesome and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on sometime in the future.
3: Well, what a pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, really interesting talking to you. Awesome. All right, man. Have a great night.
0: You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast.
2: I wanted to apologize and be like, hey, Dr. Sassy, if you're listening to the beginning of the show, maybe just like we talk about like a murder-murder pact. <laughs> maybe just maybe just fast forward to when, our, when the interview I like, starts. I remember,
1: and I'm talking, and they're like, hey, listen, I get my pension at 65. Like I want to live to at least – 84,
2: it came up. I yeah.
1: <laughs> number like eighty four years
2: old. Oh man. See, uh, so that would be in what we decided that would be in two
1: thousand sixty four. Uh yes, two thousand
2: sixty four. So that'd be eighty three. Okay. So I could do your funeral.
1: If you are a two twenty nine of eighty, holler at your boy. We need to contract. make this
2: happen. So to find a two twenty nine eighty would be hard enough. Then to find one that would enter into this pack with you would be oh, even oh, listen, harder.
1: Finding another 229 of 80 is extremely rare. However, um... <sighs> there's a guy at work. I'm not going to use his name. Jim. He was... Yeah, Jim. Yeah, Jim. The, the not generic name at all. Officer Jim. So, so me and Jim, uh... Jim was one of my training officers when I was new here. And, uh, you know, he figured out, you know, uh, he knows what he's doing. And so he just didn't do anything for a couple weeks. But like somehow we find out and he, you know, Bragger. he's, uh, you know, he uh, uh, kind of treats his body like an amusement park a little bit, <laughs> I'm just saying like a little bit. I mean, it's, that was whatever. a George uh, Costanza's mother. I quote. find out that uh, he is also a leap year. I was oh, like, oh man, was he born in and so I was born in eighty? I was like, was he born in seventy six? Surely he wasn't born in seventy two, right? No, he's seventy six. No, he's an eighty. Eighty four or eighty. Literally the exact same age that I am. And I was and when I tell people out, they're like, Holy S, that is amazing. <laughs> and he was really good. And so does he still work do you still work with him? Huh? I mean, I don't ever see him. I mean but yeah, he's I mean, a
2: he works for your department? I mean oh, you're
1: yeah. that's that's amazing. I actually saw him today in the parking lot. He was smoking a cigarette. The parking uh,
2: lot of what? The men's truck stop?
1: Uh, no, no. The parking <laughs> lot of, at work. I, oh, I don't, oh. You,
2: I don't understand. Going to another Rangers game?
1: <laughs> oh. oh, I've got, I've got May twenty second circled
2: <laughs> Awesome. We will have fun stories. Okay. Uh, the simply human <laughs> tip of the week. <laughs> the simply human tip of the week is. Uh, run marathons seven days a week
1: before you uh, before you do your podcast do some research the
2: The tip of the week is get outside during spring season and listen to turkey's gobble because it's spine tingling
1: is there anything else you should do while you're turkey hunting (laughs) (laughs) okay sometimes we'll do a joke for one that is a joke for none except you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: All right. So that's gonna do it for this edition of the SimHub oh. podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and remember,
2: I <laughs> yeah, smoked one right in his right in his head.
1: <laughs> so until next time, enjoy yourself, Monster <laughs> Candy. <laughs> hey everyone, go out in the woods.